You're listening to BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, it's The Bigger Picture and it's Mira Sivasudi. We hear of crime happening every day and it seems that criminals these days are becoming more daring as they act in broad daylight, even in places with full security. Now, is there still hope for us to keep our family and ourselves safe? With me with me today are Richard Wee, he's from the National Young Lawyers Committee, together with Yip Huen Wing, a member of the bar, and we're going to be exploring a campaign that they have in store, which is titled Safer Malaysia. How are you today, gentlemen? I'm fine, thank you. Thank Thanks for inviting us over, Mira. No problem at all. You know, can you tell us about the Safer Malaysia project? I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is how different is this going to be from all our other programs? Yeah. Well, um, firstly, actually, this this project is actually a private project. It's actually nothing to do with the bar. Okay. Uh, I know you just introduced us as, as for purposes of introducing. Uh, the Safer Malaysia is actually a group of uh, us friends uh, who, who got kind of got fed up and tired of uh, continually reading about news and worse still, actually, uh, our family and friends are either being uh, uh, robbed or house got broken in, car got stolen, mm-hmm. uh, tra- at traffic lights, the car got smashed, someone's laptop got stolen, someone's handbag got stolen. And many of us are, you know, we're very worried for our friends, family, mum, dad, etc. So we, we started this, this idea of first uh, forming a, a group to first try and uh, try and uh, share with each other what's the problem we go through. Hence, we started a Facebook page called Safe for Malaysia. And then we have a Twitter page called uh, Safe for Malaysia also, where we tweet about what's happening around Malaysia pertaining to crime. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea is to try and, and educate people to try and be more careful. But over and above that, we also feel that it's, it's incorrect to always look at the victim and say, look, you should be more careful when actually the appropriate uh, way is to try and reduce the visitation of uh, crime by the criminals. So uh, instead of don't get um, robbed, it should be don't rob. That is a message which we think should go out. So Safer Malaysia's program has three levels, uh, short-term, mid-term and long-term mm-hmm. in terms of Time planning right. uh, Short term plan is I just told you The short term plan Which may include uh, A proposal to Have a Very peaceful Candlelight Virgil Somewhere in PJ Or in KL Or any of the Larger towns in uh, To, to, to t- he inform our Authorities that We are a little tired About this And we want things To be done That's mm-hmm. the short term okay. Including Facebook And Twitter In the midterm, We are hoping To uh, submit a memorandum A memorandum is being drafted To the relevant Authorities To inform the government What uh, kind of solutions we suggest we think we shouldn't just complain but we should try to help and work with the authorities to find a way to solve this um, and in the long term uh, we feel that uh, we may have to go back to education and try to educate the young ones that crime doesn't pay and more importantly the effect of crimes on on victims and uh, with respect I think we have to also say that the perception that uh, certain authorities are corrupt uh, and hence crime are not being solved that must be addressed in long term okay. um, so that's basically Safer Malaysia's plan Sure I mean I'm just thinking right a candlelight um, vigil is that really necessary or do you think more dialogue with the, uh, the policy makers or with the police is probably going to solve help solve your problem we may not solve this problem but help us to reduce the crime rate in the country um, my view is that uh, we should do both um, the uh, uh, projects for example like candlelight Virgin, we are not saying that we will do it it's just a, a proposal mm-hmm. uh, or a, a peaceful gathering um, I don't want to use the word protest because we're actually not protesting against anything we're just having a gathering to, to uh, as coming collectively as a people to inform the, the authorities that 
please do something. At the same time, dialogue, yes, must go on. Hence, for this project, Safer Malaysia, uh, we feel that it must go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. The dialogue, of course, will be with the relevant authorities like the police, the DPP, uh, the Home Minister, uh, even MACC. Um, so, the, we, we, like, we like to call this group the security administration of the country. Uh, it, we're not here to blame anyone or attack anyone. We want things to be solved. Okay, yeah. but on your own, do you think, how much do you think you're going to be able to achieve? I'll be honest with you, we're such a small group, uh, I think there are less than 20 of us, it'll be tough. But the good news is on on uh, Facebook, within a week, we've got about 160 people who have clicked uh, like on our page. And uh, it's very active. Every day someone is putting up some comments, some links, some photographs of some victim who has been unfortunately attacked, okay. etc. I think if I can just add, Mira, I think what we want to do here is to create initially an awareness of uh, what we are facing today. There is, I think evidently there is, we hear more and more about crimes occurring every day and uh, people are just getting fed up. I think uh, people want things to be done, steps to be taken. So, of course, like Richard has said, uh, if I may just add to what Richard has said, initially, yes, we are a small group, but hopefully with the numbers, we will be able to open up dialogues and open up communications with the uh, security administrators. I think we need to get numbers behind us before the security administrators will even speak to us or even listen to what we have to say. Right. So that that is the first step which I think we need to take. I think communication is important for us to work with the authorities to try to make things better. Uh, for society as a whole. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Do you think the crime index is being interpreted correctly? Well, or to, accurately? Um, on a crime index, before we talk about interpretation, uh, Mira, my view is that uh, it is incorrect to see this as a recent problem. Mm-hmm. I, in inverted commas, I, we notice that that uh, there are comments uh, on the press pro- that it's a recent spate of crime. Um, the, like the unfortunate incident at the curve, I think everyone knows about that. And all this, it's not a recent incident. Uh, our research. Uh, we just had one last Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so, see, for Malaysia's research is that we go back as far back as 10 years ago where we have young ladies who went jogging, got uh, kidnapped, uh, uh, got murdered, and suspected rape. Young kids got kidnapped long ago, unsolved until now. Uh, housebreaking happens every day. Um, we have reports of people's car getting broken in i.e. laptop got stolen as far back as 15 years ago this is not something new but it just got more acute recently and it seems to happen a lot more often now Okay. so uh, therefore this crime index um, it must be interpreted to lean towards the worry of the people I concede we are not Yip and I we are not expert in reading the index but for us as uh, people who live uh, in cities we are very simple we just want to go home feeling safe okay. now with respect I dare say most people living in Klang Valley and Ipoh and, and, and perhaps in Johor Bahru don't feel that, that, that it's safe um, I stand to be corrected but we've spoken to a lot of people and nobody have told me that they actually feel very very safe no, nobody sure so um, based on the feedback on the website I'm uh, sorry on the Facebook page I mean what can you gather from you know what you've got so far um I think the perception which we have from, from Malaysians in general is that it's not safe out there. Everyone has to take their own precautions. You know, uh, People don't seem to be able to trust the authorities to be able to, to help them resolve the problem, to, to safeguard their interests. So that, that is the general perception which we get. If, let's say, we take a comparison with 
other countries. For example, when I visit places like Singapore, Thailand, even Indonesia, there is a sense of security when you walk on the street. In Malaysia, there, there, there doesn't seem to be that kind of feel that every time I, we hear a motorbike, we have to turn back to see, you know, this is this guy going to snatch my, my purse? Or when we're stopped at the traffic light, we're looking around to see, is this guy going to smash my bag? Mm-hmm. Well, why do we have to be a society where I have to hide my bag under my seat oh, to yeah. make sure that nobody smashes my window? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to be the one to take precautions that, uh, you know, when I'm walking, my handbag must be not facing the side of the road and all that. That is the kind of security which we want, that, that sense of security which we want to feel when we walk on the streets or that uh, at night I can safely travel. So if I'm a lady, I want to be able to walk the streets at night alone without the, the sense of dread or the, without the feeling that I may be kidnapped or I may be robbed at any time. That, that is what we want to, to, uh, to achieve with this Safer Malaysia project. I think that with regards to the uh, crime index, Mira, I think what is important is how... The, what the index is actually based on because uh, I think I've read from this uh, yesterday's papers in the Star I think uh, Datu Idris Jala made a clarification that he why he said that crime, crime index rate was down was because of what they based it on he said something like the street crimes do not include crimes where weapons are used so all these statistics, all this information, all this data, it's very dependent upon what you base it on exactly Right. So hence the interpretation correct, exactly so if the data is, if you're, you're skewed your statistics towards a certain way, you'll get the data which you want. Unfortunately, uh, sorry to say, but statistics are things which can be manipulated. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of data which I feel that citizens should be, uh, should be uh, aware, made aware of. And that is what we hope to achieve with the Safer Malaysia okay. project. I mean, is government obligated to reveal statistics of crime to the riot? Of course they should, but uh, they should... Uh a- any government, any any authority should reveal the accurate statement and uh, be honest and, and truthful about it. After all, it's uh, why, why are you hiding it from us? We are your citizens. Uh, we are your people. Uh, the government is supposed to protect us. Mm-hmm. So, and give us f- accurate one. In the first place, what are the statistics for? Is it only for the government to look at and hide from us? Maybe under the OSA or something like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what are you doing? The, the Why are the statistics being made in the first place? So, I mean, you must go back to the, the central reason of why they're doing it in the first place. Of course, you want to take statistics to show the people that, look, something is being done, things are improving or things are getting worse so that the, the Rakyat is actually aware of what's going on. Coming up, we'll find out whether crime is being politicised. If you have a question for either Richard Wee or Yip Wen Wang, um, do text 016-201-9000 or tweet BFM Radio. You're listening to BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Good afternoon. It's The Bigger Picture and it's Mira Sivasodhi. With me, Richard Wee and Yip Huen Weng are both um, you know, founders of a Facebook page or an initiative titled Safer Malaysia, <laughs> which is a campaign. No. I'm going to sort of take off their law, you know, um, uh, what, what am I saying here? Your law qualifications because, you know, not it's not so much from a legal background that you're coming here. It's a personal initiative that yeah, you have right. actually taken to set yep, up. Yep. Um, Safer Malaysia campaign is on very much on social media, I have to say. Now, um, the Prime Minister cited crime as the second most important political issue after the economy. Um, do you think we're politicising crime in any way? Definitely. Uh, with respect to our current government and, and in fact, for the matter, the uh, opposition, this issue seems to be politicised. Um, we don't mind if the politicians talk about it 
everyone has a right to, after all the politician is also a citizen of Malaysia the key is we want to know what you want to do uh, what is the solution everyone can talk um, uh, it, it, that was the same concept we have in Safer Malaysia when Yip and I and a few of the friends we met up we said look enough talking let's find out what we want to do hence what we told you earlier so with the politicians yes I think it's being politicized my question to all of them is that what do you want to do are you going to try and uh, tighten the police force and make it better? Are you going to try to advise the DPP to do better work? Um, as I said, we're not here to blame anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've seen enough reports where uh, the poor DPP going to court, fighting a case, and then because due to certain technical issues which is out of the hand of DPP, the case got thrown out. And uh, the magistrate is forced, uh, or the, the court is forced to, to throw out the case. Uh, we feel that that must also be addressed, which means the message we send out to the criminals are that no problem, man, you, you're going to be <laughs> off the hook because someone is going to blunder in the investigation and you get off. So that's something they should be doing mm-hmm. instead of politicizing it. You plan to have more dialogue with the you know, necessary officials and, you know, Policymakers, whoever, what do you plan to bring up with them? I mean, how, well, what do you um, want to, you know? As we said earlier, um, Mira, uh, we, Yip and I, we want to give our memorandum to them. Uh, we're still drafting it, to be honest with you. Uh, and in the memorandum, we'll probably give ideas of, of trying to solve the crime. We think that it's not, we would not be new to them because the the authorities would have seen it. After all, they have been doing this authority thing thing many many years. But uh, we hope to help out. Um, uh, like a way like something like Rukun Tetangga um, but in a much larger scale we're talking about the entire country so um, perhaps a quick example would be uh, to start off with IPCMC maybe to, to, to launch some kind of body to to, talk, to to try and keep an eye on the police uh, maybe we can also try uh, to have more uh, people getting involved in uh, social work to reduce crimes uh, walking out at night uh, back to the good tetangga days um, and uh, the police uh, the government must or through RTM and TV3 put out more news uh, about how to be safe um, and 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 warning the criminals that uh, you know the system is out to get you mm-hmm. and the crime doesn't pay etc uh, etc et they are having an advertisement now called takna for smoking right they can do the same takna for for crime you know to to stop crime do you think that really works well uh, they got to start somewhere mm-hmm. uh, they got to start they got to start somewhere i concede it's not foolproof plan but the point being is now we feel that nothing concrete is being done mm-hmm. a lot of talk uh, our Prime Minister recently in Twitter said that I'll do something and then he wrote something on his blog, one Malaysia blog. I wrote about it. Sounds good, but what what is he doing after that? And uh, the key is that also there's another problem. The A lot of Malaysians uh, or KL lights that we meet, they don't want to launch a report with the police. Mm. Um, now they feel that, that, that is a big mm-hmm. mistake. Yes, yep. yes, yes. So uh, it, it is a big problem that uh, we're trying to convince these friends of ours Go and lodge a report, but the 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 answer is virtually the same all the time. They don't feel that they're going to do anything about it. That's the kind of answer we get. Right. Huh? Yep. And mm-hmm. thus the crime index indicates otherwise. Yeah. Um, right. Because know. without the police reports, unfortunately, the crime index reflects that that look there's no reports being made, so crime must be down. But the the the, the essential part of it, why the psychology of a, a normal Malaysian why they don't want to lodge a report is okay. It's going to be inconvenient for me. Nothing's going to be done. There's no effectiveness. So this this is a perception which also must be overcome. That mm-hmm. look the police, I mean to be honest, I've lodged reports and nothing has been done. I followed up with the police after five six years, still nothing has been done. I was robbed at knife point about a few years back in Mid Valley. 
nothing has been done until today. Of course, the police will just say, oh, we can't find the guy. We, we have uh, put it in cold storage at the moment. So that is why I think a lot of Malaysians feel that the police force here is not effective in, yeah. in uh, enforcing the law. Right. The laws are there. It's just the enforcement which tends to fall short. Another issue, Mira, is this. Um, as I said, we are not here to blame the police. We, 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 another issue, nothing to do with the police. Have any uh, uh, studies been made on the criminals themselves? For example, the infamous Kenny Ong's case. We, the government, I mean, the police managed to catch the culprit and, and, and found him guilty, the system found him guilty. Did we study why he did what he did? Mm-hmm. Let's look at America. They had a horrendous Ted Bundy case that, that, that psychotic man went on killing uh, everyone the US government studied him made movies out of him encouraged most of the people understand why he did what he did and now they're addressing that why for example in America while it's still not a safe nation so per se but they're trying uh, they, they educate the people by getting involved in sports getting involved in dancing to to give them an avenue and escape so that they don't go into crime mm-hmm. uh, they studied the, the background and said the family structure is very important right. uh, so have they done that here in Malaysia mm-hmm. we feel that uh, it's not that's a long term plan not, don't just blame the police or, or the MACC or the, did we actually study why criminals became criminals the psychological aspect exactly yeah. yeah and also the social aspect some people they became so poor that they have no choice but to steal what how 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 can a nation be which is so rich like Malaysia have people that poor? We I mean look around we've got a lot of urban poor in yeah. the city. Yep. Yes, yep. that you can start there. Yeah. Yep. So we feel that uh, we that is another area we must look at. So that that's why as you can see, safer Malaysia. We we wish to think that we are a little bit different. Uh, that we also want to address that issue of uh, why a person became a criminal, uh, which to me is very important because that will solve crimes thirty years from now. Yeah. You know, there's another aspect of it. The number of children with learning disabilities today mm-hmm. that is, has, not, has gone undetected or unrecognised, they're all sitting in schools being branded as being stupid. And these <laughs> children are shunned. They're you know, left to fend for themselves. And yeah. these are the children who are going to come out with psychological problems, not armed with a proper education. Correct. And then the, you know, it's just a, a roller coaster. Yeah, it's just that. a vicious cycle. Yes. Well, of course, it's also an incorrect perception. Uh, don't get me wrong, Mira, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm saying that it's also an incorrect perception to think that people who are not that educated, not that trained are usually involved in crime. We know no. for a fact, people who are highly educated, yes. uh, fairly wealthy, they get involved in crimes yep. too. But the key is that what drove that person at that moment in time to do what he or she did. And it can be many things, uh, background, social issues, pressure. That is the thing we have to address. Right. Yeah. But you're talking about the more um, hideous crimes like killing and stuff like that. Uh, you know, the yeah. petty ones. Even I'm the petty ones, about. I yeah. agree, yes. You know, you, if, with, when you're from a much more affluent family and if you have learning disabilities, you have facilities available for you because you can afford it. Yes. But if you can't, then this cycle just begins mm. all over again. Yes, all over so again. So that, yeah. that's pretty much you know what I was talking about. Earlier you said um, Singapore feels very safe. Now, what do you think Singapore has done um, to <coughs> give you that feeling of being safe? Our study of Singapore, see, we, we kind of read a lot about how they did it in Singapore. Number one is uh, the government of Singapore went through a tough phase where they uh, enforced crime 
very strong. Very strong. Very Sometimes strong. a bit too strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, yeah, they have fines for everything. Yeah, they fine. <laughs> it's a fine city. I said. Yeah, they said. And uh, the for example, a person who, who who's a petty theft uh, uh, crime, a criminal in Singapore, can be in prison up to five, ten years. That's in Malaysia, is maybe two months. You know, in the crime. So, uh, and the police there are. Uh, They're very, very much less corrupted. You can feel, uh, even as lawyers, we have dealt with them uh, in Singapore. We can feel that Singapore police act fair, fairly very faster pro- and very professional, very professional compared to to our counterparts here. They seem to have this uh, desire in them. I want to solve this mm-hmm. when you deal with Singapore authorities, and so uh, they started in the 80s. Uh, where, if you recall, in the 80s, they, they, they this rule about you cannot speed in the country. I'll track you down, and they did. They actually track down uh, the person who spit on the ground. Mm-hmm. So when that news goes out in Singapore, everyone else said, "I, I better not do this because they're going to catch me," and it is perpetuated to the point now in Singapore. Everyone feels that I don't want to get involved in crime. I shouldn't do it because I don't. Wanna, I don't want to be arrested. Mm-hmm. So that is one area where, if the law is enforced very strongly, we have that effect. Uh, but we feel that. Having strong enforcement alone is not enough. We need to make the people feel that they don't want to get involved because Correct. it's not the right thing to do. Yeah, that would be the more appropriate way. It's difficult, I concede, but we have to try as a nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also this perception that you know the illegal immigrants or the migrant workers are the ones behind crime in I Malaysia. See. Now, crime cuts across everyone. You know, I don't think there's discrimination when it comes to crime. What's your take on this? I agree. Um, in um, in my uh, involvement in a bar, um, uh, we have dealt with uh, unfortunate ing- immigrants who are either forced to come to Malaysia, etc., etc. And it's absolutely wrong to say that all crimes are caused by by or may, most crimes are caused by illegal immigrants. Crimes are caused by people. And uh, so most of the time, Malaysians. Yes. <laughs> right. So uh, I, I hope the people do not just perceive that uh, a non-Malaysian must be the person who did it. Um, but the key thing again, back to what I said earlier, what drove this person who is now loitering in Malaysia to do what he did? Uh, he may be from another country. Uh, she was forced to do what he did, mm-hmm. did because they need money or food. That should be what we we address, Precisely. not where it came from. Exactly. Um, you know, the government has a safe city program. Um, how different is safer Mal- the safer Malaysia campaign? Well, you know, I, I went to look for this safe Malaysia uh, safe city program, program. by announced by Najib at our nearby Taman Tun. Um, We we feel that the the program on paper looks impressive uh, to create awareness, uh, have more police around you. Uh, that's a good start. But so we, you do feel there are more police around us. Yes, there, th- there seem to be. True, we can't deny that. Despite the more police they have in Tamantun, just today they were, uh, on Twitter there have been two tweets about crimes. One at about six um, six no, something in the uh, morning. One yesterday morning. Yeah. And, uh, just one occurred just before we came. Yeah. Right. At, uh, at in front of Secret Recipe in um, in in, in Tamantun. So uh, despite all this supposed effort, crimes is still happening in Tamantun, for example. Uh, but. It's a good start, you know. We must applaud uh, any proposal to try and uh, b- make things safer for us, and the people also must get involved, lah. You know, you cannot just uh, uh, demand the, poli- the government to do something. You lay back and don't do anything. Uh, but our di- the difference between us and them, uh, the, that program is that we are looking at things 
more holistic, which is to look at the source of the crime, why it happened. Uh, that's long term, and then in mid term, have a dialogue with the relevant people, etc. Et I don't want to repeat. So it's a little bit more holistic than them. Okay, we have a question from Ashton, and Ashton says, "How long do you think um, it will take for Malaysia to reach the safety levels of first world countries, and do you think there is a growth?" Um, in progress. Well, I, I must first say there's an p- incorrect perception that first world nations are all safe. Uh, that's that's the first thing we must correct. Um, we shouldn't ach- uh, aspire to reach safety to compare with other nations. We should just be safe. Full stop. Um, so it's just us. Now, how many years do, would it take? That is a good question because uh, with respect, I think the last 15, 10, 15 years uh, we've got less and less safe. Uh, I recall stories from my grandfather and my grandma, where they would just leave their wallet in the coffee shop, and walk over to the stall to choose a food and come back, and the the wallet is still on the table. We absolutely cannot do that now. You know? So that's that's uh, the the evolution since uh, the the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. So I think it will take perhaps another 10, 20 years. I I can't give a correct figure actually, but the feeling is that it will take some time. To reduce this uh, crime, because it involves many, many parties. It involves the people, the system, and it involves our desire to want to do something right. and solve it. Start making police reports. Yeah, yep. 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 I mean, that's like, a good start. Like anything else, Mira, it's step by step. So we have to take baby steps before we can achieve a greater goal. Right. And Harry wants to know. He says the Home Ministry should be concerned with reality issues and not perception. I agree with Harry. Agree, yeah. Yes. Thanks, Harry. Wherever you are. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, do you think many Malaysians have also begun to accept that crime is the way forward because of poor safety and law enforcement? Sorry, pardon. Do you think that many Malaysians have begun to accept that crime is the way forward? You mean crime? Oh, it's, it's getting we, we crime. just have to continue to live with this. Yeah, I think there is uh, the feeling among Malaysians that uh, they're immune to crime, uh, which is so sad. Which is so sad. Um, And that is something we we must stop. That, that that's a feeling we must never ever let it creep into our our soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, we must always look at it as wrong, incorrect, and must be stopped. So um, I would say I would agree with you to some extent that it seems to be happening, but not not badly to the point where people are ignorant of of it. Okay, um, Malaysia has been ranked the safest country in Southeast Asia by the Global Peace Index. Does this mean anything to you? You know, uh, Mira, when I read that, I, I nearly laughed. <laughs> with respect to our, I think it was our deputy prime minister who reported it. With maybe he has so many security guards around him, so he doesn't know how it feels like to live with us. Um, so I, I don't really bother much about that so-called statistic that we are the safest or best, etc. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, today when I'm with you here, my worry is that uh, something's going to happen to my family now. Um, so whoever will say we are safe should come and hang around with us. Then <laughs> maybe they'll know what really is happening. Of course, um, and of course, in the studio with me as well is um, Chin Sin Chi. She's a citizen of Malaysia, and uh, Sin Chi has been um, has had a first-hand experience with crime, and she's ready to talk right now. Um, and she wants Sin Chi. You want to actually tell us the way forward. You don't really want to go through the whole ordeal of what you've been through. Yes. Um, but um, how are you coping since um, um, what happened to you? Well, it's been okay. Like um, people in general have been very helpful, um, and I want to express a lot of gratitude for the Malaysians who helped me. Like right after the crime, I mean, um, they didn't have to, and they did. You know, and I think that. 
that's a kinder and a brighter side to the entire um, incident in general mm -hmm. is that there are very caring Malaysians out there and um, that's that really really is the point I want to focus on um, but I wanted to interject because of your question about the Global Peace Index mm -hmm. um, on a personal level I conducted quite a bit of research into what makes Malaysia the safest city in terms of the Global Peace Index um, and I compared uh, if you look at all the factors that um, of the entire index, right? A good 80% of the factors are completely military-based. It's all about military capability. So that's what makes a country safe or not. So Singapore, per GDP, spends a lot of money on their military compared to Malaysia. And because of the national service in Singapore, um, their military capability is ranked a lot higher than our military capability. Mm -hmm. So um, in that sense, they rank less peaceful compared to us. But if you look specifically on the four or five factors of violent crime, we do rank less peaceful. Even, um, we, we pretty much rank the same as Thailand and Vietnam and stuff like that. But the only reason why we're considered the most peaceful in Southeast Asia is because our military, we spend much less on military. Okay, that's very interesting. Um, George Ong, he says, I have worked in Singapore for seven years. Every person has to register their address and any changes. Biometrics here should help. Do you think that's one of the uh, things to go forward with? Yeah, that's back to where I said earlier, George is accurate, but actually the larger thing is the enforcement. Huh? Yep, it's, it's all about enforcement there. And uh, because they enforce the system well, so they can, uh, they can uh, control it better. Right. Yeah. Um, the NKRA and the GDP, of course, all have um, priorities when it comes to reducing crime. Do you feel it has made a difference? Again, uh, Mira, uh, very similar to our friend Sinzi's comment. In the end of the day, uh, the government can come up with all kinds of NKRA statistics, etc. We don't feel safe. Um, the, the GTP or whatever that they want to call it can give whatever quantum statistics. The key is that you got to solve crimes by short term, arresting these people, get, getting the arrest done, um, and and charging them and get the system co correctly uh, addressing the problem. And then long term, try to educate the people about this. That that's more important than having all these statistics. So, uh, I thank the government for putting this in the NKRA, but I urge the government to help the people feel safer. Okay. You know, Sinchi, you were one of the lucky ones who escaped the crime. Oh, yes. Um, what is your message, um, you know, going forward when it comes to crime? I think, like, people need to accept, and when I say accept, I mean on a very realistic level, that crime happens everywhere and anywhere, um, even in Singapore. Um, it, it's not grim to accept that as a fact but that really just is reality. And when you accept that, you start to think about how can you deal with it. And when I say people, I also mean the government. So um, when the government accepts that, okay, there is crime and crime is rife and people feel unsafe, what can we do about it? And private and public car park owners, owners like, they can do something as well. They, they can put in security measures, CCTVs, increase the number of guards. There are many things that um, different parties can do. Um, H.C. Chan, I think he's the CEO of Sunway Pyramid and also the chairperson of the Malaysian board of like shopping malls or something like that. And he said that owners, not guards, are responsible for their cars. But here's the thing, we all need to work together. The guards are just as responsible as owners for, for our property and our personal safety. And 
the police in general. Um, they already have standard operating procedures, but there's a certain lack of urgency uh, when it comes to the police, when it comes to solving crimes and stuff like that. Um, perhaps the government, this is how the government can play a part, to incentivize police to move much faster, um, incentivize them to feel much prouder of the badge that they're holding, you know? And at the same time, how can we de-incentivize crime? Whether some, in Singapore, as we mentioned, they mentioned earlier that um, people don't feel as incentivized to commit like a violent crime because the penalty is just so high. So is there a way for the government to make it to de-incentivize de people because if we're talking on a basic values level um, everyone has different values so if you say oh don't do crime because it's bad then like what is bad and what is good mm -hmm. so if you make it l lower the incentives for them then perhaps that can help and people in general I think we need to just everyone okay prepare f hope for the best and prepare for the worst so at the end of the day, your safety is primarily your responsibility. So if you come prepared, uh, prepared to be safe, like make it not worth a criminal's while to attack you. Have pepper spray in your hand. Like basic things that can make a difference. You don't even, you want them to doubt approaching you in the first place. And people can just keep an eye out for each other when you're in the mall, walking, walking the parking lot, look around and if you see someone that looks like he or she is, dis is in distress, like, you know, pardon my language, but give a shit, you know? Yep. Stop, stop the car and say, <laughs> hey, is everything okay? And then you make a difference, you know? Um, we, we tend to think there's this thing called the bystander effect. We hope someone else is going to do something about it. But if you were in that situation, wouldn't you want someone to immediately do something about it? Mm -hmm. So I think Malaysians already really care a lot about each other. But it's about overcoming that first barrier of being afraid to be involved. So sometimes we kind of need to jaga tepi kain orang mm -hmm. in order to make a difference. Yeah. You obviously have done a lot of reading on crime yes. after your ordeal. Um, what made you want to do that? A lot of it involved trying to understand why people do what people do. And um, in order to come to the understanding about um, why, why I feel unsafe in this country. Um, and I came to a small conclusion, right? Which in a way, um, I'm not sure one of the commenters earlier said that biometric systems and all that will help. I think it would because KL is a hub of Malaysia. This means everyone comes from out of state to work here, to live here. So... When, when you get a fingerprint, you get, hey, this, this dude's registered all the way in Kelantan, you know? Like, um, maybe he's not the criminal. But if you force people to... Sorry, I'm kind of deviating from my point. But my point is, Kale's like a hub. And everybody just comes here. Um, so they come here to look for jobs. And sometimes you don't get many jobs. And then people become desperate. And as the economy worsens, the whole euro crisis and stuff like that, it's just going to get worse and worse. Mm -hmm. That's at least that's how I feel about it. Okay, I just have one more question for you, Sinchi. I mean, what was your experience? Um, I mean, there's been all this talk about you know making police reports and how cooperative um, the police force is, and you know the investigating officers. What was your experience? Um, that's an interesting question. <laughs> 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 but okay, I have to commend the the initial police I dealt with weren't very professional. Okay. But um, subsequently, they were very helpful, I have to say. And I'm not saying this out of like, um, 
because you because have I, to? I feel like I have to. But um, they were very helpful. And I think like a lot of credit, I feel, should go to the curve. They stayed up all night right after what happened to me. And um, they went through all the CCTV footage, right? And they singled out like so many things that like, okay, they, they found like the time the car left. They found like, they found out how these people entered and stuff like that. And they they went through everything and they've been most helpful. And I think like moving forward, that's that's really important. And I feel that the curve like in general has learned a lot from it as well. They, I've noticed a lot. I just went there yesterday to hit to Maxis and there's lots of guards everywhere, you know. And I think human presence is a good first step to help deter crime in any area. But the police so far, um, I suppose I can reserve... Your comments, comments yes. sure. <laughs> After um, all, they're still investigating my crime. I'd like course. them to continue that. And hence my question, has there been much progress in the investigation? Well, not as far as I've been informed, no. Okay. Even with all the footage and the works? Well, I suppose KL's a very large city. Mm-hmm. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack. Sure. So I'm trying to be understanding on that point. Okay. But you're not afraid to, you know, move around? Oh, of course I am. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, of course I am. It, it's very freaky, but um, like I've been very blessed to have very supportive friends who've been. My cousin drove me to take my dog to the vet. My friends are very helpful, and like people in general have been very, very helpful. Yeah. And I think that's a really, really good thing for me to focus on. Sure, but all of that is temporary. You need to get on with your life at of some course, stage. Of yeah. course. Um, which is why I've got pepper spray in my handbag. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. I've got one in mine, but I need to um, find out a way of getting to it quicker. In oh, the yes. huge handbag. Oh, my friend so. walks with the pepper spray poised at her shoulder, waiting. Like, if, if you tap her on the shoulder in a car park, be warned, criminal or not, she's going to spray you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what? That is not the way forward. Yeah, we shouldn't, we yeah. shouldn't be walking around yeah. with a pepper spray, a spray that way, you know. That is really not the way forward. What is your final message, Sinchi, on um, the crime rate in Malaysia? Um... It happens everywhere. We just need to really deal with it right now. Um, and we can't wait for the authorities to deal with it, right? So, which is which is why we're doing what we're doing with pepper spray and stuff like that. Um, and that's that's the way forward for now. But I, th- I hope that in future, um, um, politicians on either side of the fence will look at this entire problem very realistically and kind of find um, much more concrete ways to deal with it. Fair enough. Gentlemen, your um, your take-home message on the Safer Malaysia campaign. Um, I think at the end of the day, Mira, for us, is uh, short term, we try to stop the crime, but key is to prevent it even happening. The, the seeds must be planted in the heads of every citizen that... Uh, Exactly what Cindy said That you must not uh, give them incentive to do a crime um, We're going to have a blog coming up soon uh, We started off with Facebook To experiment and Twitter It's been very encouraging um, And then we'll soon have the, the whole idea of having a blog Is to put up our news And to report more incidents of other crime And to be edu- educative uh, To educate people on how to, to, to stop it The key is I want to try and inform the listeners is this um, I think we must stop thinking about um, don't get robbed or don't get hit. But the message should be don't rob, don't hit, mm-hmm. don't do things. Uh, we, we cannot focus on uh, like having more pepper sprays with us or like Yip said, uh, looking left and right when we are traffic light. The key is that uh, we should stop that fella from even thinking of doing what he, want, he or she wants to do to us. Your message, Yip? 
Uh, well, I, I do hope that uh, with Safer Malaysia, we'll be able to create a greater awareness for the, the people in, in, in general and they can also take the necessary precautions and hopefully we will be able to work with the authorities to actually create a safer Malaysia for all of us. And that, that is our general hope and uh, we hope to get the cooperation of everyone involved because safety, unfortunately, is part of all of us as Malaysians. If we want a better country, all of us have to work together for it. So I hope that we will be able to get the cooperation of everyone involved. Fantastic. Thank you all for speaking you, your Ma. minds. Thank you, Thank you. And all the best with the Safer Malaysia campaign. Richard Wee, Yipun Wing and Chin Sun Chi on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.